start with the set aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, what's best for me, what's best for other people. Especially let me go of all my old ideas, all my old ideas, so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've gotten to the point in the uh, book, and then remember, this was written for us, and, but when this was written, there was no book, there was no formal AA, there wasn't any AA groups, there were a couple groups who took their name from the book. And they've gotten to the point on page 24 where they tell us we've lost the power of choice in drink forever, and we will never have a defense against the first drink. Ever. Now they don't put ever, but that's what it is. And it doesn't mean new alcoholics, right, Brian? It means all alcoholics. I've lost the power of choice and drink forever. And they say at the end on page 24 that when my thinking is fully established as an alcoholic, because the disease, remember, centers in my mind, I'm beyond human aid. And it says I've placed myself beyond human aid. Notice, who put me beyond human aid? Me. And so I need help, and it can't be human help. It can be God working through people, so that's, the people can help you if there were, God's working through them. And that's how they, I got to God initially. But behind human aid. And so now they're gonna tell us the solution on page 25. And I was listening to someone explain the Sermon on the Mount, which has been difficult for me to understand. I've listened to different people. And he is a scholar, uh, a Christian who's a Jewish study scholar. And his understanding of the, of the Sermon on the Mount explained to me why early Dr. Bob really liked the Sermon on the Mount. Because he says the Sermon on the Mount is how we've been driving on the right-hand side of the road our whole life. And we have to learn how to drive on the left-hand side. And we have to learn a different way of looking at things and a different way of being. And not perfection. And he goes through some of these things that you read in the Sermon on the Mount seem pretty, pretty uh, pretty tough, but he's explained some of them, and it's really not practicing our character defects, practicing God's character. And it's what we, how, we, how we look at things and how we see things that determines what we do. And we want to change the way we look at things. And driving on the left-hand side when you've driven on the right-hand side your whole life is not easy. And that's why Joe and Charlie said, it's not easy to practice the right-hand side or our card or God's character because we've practiced our self-centered character our whole life. So really the solution is how do I use God to not practice my character defects? How do I use God to learn to see things a different way? Because I'm beyond human aid. And when I use God to drive on the different side of the road, and to practice his character, alcohol doesn't come in the picture. 
and I, I use God to help me see when my emotions are negative, how to see them and not seek alcohol, but seek him. So I, I thought that really made a lot of sense. Uh, there is a solution. Notice it's in squiggly writing. There is a solution. AA has one solution. There may be other solutions that doesn't say there isn't. But there was one solution for them, and this is what it is. And it starts with almost none of us, I can say none of us, liked the self-searching, so we're going to search self. Now, they don't ask you if you want to like the solution. They just say almost none of us liked it. And I have to search myself, search myself and see the truth about my thinking. Leveling of our pride, which is the big, we have to be humble or we won't seek God. And my pride killed me in so many ways. It triggers all my character defects. And what triggers my pride? And it's false pride, fear. There's an expression, there's a ruinous coin that we carry in our pocket. And on one side is fear, and the other side is pride. And when we're afraid, we have a false sense of self, and then we our character defects are triggered. Confession of shortcomings. To who? Well, first, to myself, so I need, see the need for God. Two, to God, and then to another human being, so I don't keep it in my head. Now, I can't confess my shortcomings if I don't see what they are. Now, it's very complicated. What is a shortcoming? I'm coming short of God's character. That's all it is. I'm not practicing God's character, I'm practicing mine. So my character defects could be called shortcomings. And because it's short of the way God wants me to be. Which the process requires. So the process of the solution is a requirement. It's not a suggestion. And the process requires for its successful consummation. There's gonna be a consummation due to this process between you and God. Now you've blocked God out, we read in We Agnostics, and he's blocked inside of us, by us. And we're gonna consummate a new relationship with him. And we're gonna break down the barriers to the relationship. Remember, God's waiting, and we're the ones who break down the relationship. Good job, Michael. And we talked about it during the birthdays. We still do it today. I could do it in 10 minutes. But I know through the steps how to seek God to get back to him. Now, I can stay, I can stay away from him if I want, but I don't have to anymore. Being disturbed now is an option, is optional. I don't have to be disturbed. People say, well, you know, anger isn't an option. It is an option today. I don't have to be angry. And I don't have to have fear today. Isn't that something? Doesn't mean that I'm perfect, but I have a program to change that through God. Now, if I think I'm doing it, I take credit for it, then I'm getting off the beam. But it's all God, but I have to let him work, and I have to do the actions to allow God to work. So we have responsibility here. No actions, no God. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. 
but we saw that it really worked in others. So that's why we don't like it. But when we see that it works in others, and that's what we're, that's what, and they're get, telling you it worked for them. So when we see that, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we've been living it. So I see that it works in others. And I, when I come to believe, and how do I come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I've been living it? Pain. 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 The pain of living the way I was. And, and so the, it, two things. We, we didn't like it, but when we saw it worked in others, and when I had come to believe in the hopelessness of futility of life as I've been living it. So I'm, my life is futile and hopeless, but I, I see it working in you. When, therefore, now, when I'm approached by those in whom the problem has been solved, there was nothing left for me, no resistance, because I could see the hopeless and futility of life. And even though I may not have liked what they tell me I have to do, I don't care. And when I'm approached them, the only thing left for me is to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at their feet. So in AA, we just have to realize we get a kit of spiritual tools. And it doesn't come through meetings, and it doesn't come through talking. It comes through action that we get the tools and then we learn how to use them. Now, what I didn't realize is the tools only work when they're plugged in the right socket. So I can carry the kit of spiritual tools, but if I'm plugged into Michael's socket, guess what? They don't work. It has to be plugged into the God socket. And what happens when I'm disturbed is that my tools are in the wrong socket, so they don't work. So I have to unplug it. So that's the action we take at six and seven. Unplug the tools and put them in the right socket. In step 10, all day long, I got to unplug it, so there it is, wrong socket again, put it in the God socket. Now, if it's plugged in the God socket, it works. The power's always on. When it's plugged in my socket, there's no power to live. I'm a mess. And, and so who wants the spiritual tools? Anybody want them? So you have to pick them up. And then you have to do it. Carrying them around won't do you any good. You'll just go to the liquor store with the simple kit of spiritual tools in your hand. <laughs> and then you'll say, how'd that happen? And somebody said, well, you didn't plug them in. You see how simple it is? It's beautiful. I don't know how they wrote this paragraph. We have found much of heaven, so that's what happens. When you pick them up and you do it, you found heaven, and I've been rocketed, notice. I've been launched vigorously into a fourth dimension of existence, which is the world of the spirit. And I have several talks on that, how we go from the world of Michael's world to the world of the spirit. And it says, on page 84, when we've entered the world of the spirit, the promises that we read at every meeting are really the world of the spirit promises. They only come true if you're connected to God. And then th to keep those promises going, you have to follow the directions of step 10 all day long. 
of which we had not even dreamed. And I'd say, I wrote here, heaven in the now, peace in the now. Um, when I look back, the things that have happened, when I put myself in God's hands were better than anything I'd planned. I think, think of that moment of complete defeat and imagine where you are today. It's hard to believe. So we may be dissatisfied with something in our life today, or you know, the usual alcoholic thinking. Hello, look back. And look, look at what I'm concerned with today versus what I was facing almost 22 years ago. It's, it's amazing. So that should tell you it works when you look back and you see. The great fact is this. So this is the great fact. That we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. Asterisk. Fully explained Appendix of Two. And they wrote that in 1955 because people didn't understand this. The spiritual experience I wrote is um, a fundamental and sudden change in my point of view. And it says it's revolutionized my whole attitude towards life. So it's changed my whole view, this experience of the spirit of everything. And I pray to, for the set aside me. And it's how I learn how to, that I'm on the wrong side of the road. I've been on the wrong side of the road my whole life. And I need to drive on the other side. And I just kept crashing my car. Well, I'll, I'll get another one, you know? And I didn't see it. I didn't see that when I came in here. I just thought, you know, had a lot of bad things in my life that, of course, were not my fault. And they were always everybody else's fault, and this and that. You know the usual, full of fear, a mess. Anybody a mess when they came in here? I'm still a mess, but I'm a lot better mess. My house is a lot cleaner than it used to be. The center and attitude towards life and my fellow man, we're supposed to be love and tolerant to each other, and God's universe, everything. Changes everything. And, 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 and the spiritual experience that, that Saul had on the Damascus Road was sudden and powerful. Why? Because he, he had to be changed, a fundamental change in the direction of his life so he could serve God. Now, Bill W. was not Apostle Paul, but he was headed in the wrong direction. And God grabbed him and gave him this profound spiritual experience so that he would he was determined to carry the message of this to the world. And he had to have that to do that. Now, I didn't have that. And so they're going to explain the difference. But I've had it, and it keep, I keep getting it. It never goes away. You get, you get stronger relationship with God. So the central fact of our lives today, the central fact of my life, is the absolute certainty now, not just certain, absolute certainly that my creator, not the group, not my sponsor, uh, has entered into my heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. Now, what does that mean? Absolutely certainly that God has entered into my heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. Well, they tell you. God has commenced to accomplish those things for which I could never do by myself. I couldn't manage to stop drinking. I couldn't manage 
to not be self-centered at all. And now with God, I could see it differently. I could say, wow, I'm self-centered. I need to change. I couldn't do that before. I didn't have the power. That's why moral and philosophical convictions go or will never work because they're mine and I don't have any power. And God's accomplished so much for me that I could not accomplish for myself. Does anybody agree with that? You could talk about it when we open it up. And so if I'm telling that and you're a newcomer, you may want to know what I did so that could happen. And that's what you're supposed to do and teach, teach what you did, show them what you did in the book and see if they want to do it and help them do it. And then they'll tell you if it, the central fact of their life is this. And then if it is, then they need to find the newcomer and show them how they got that so they can do it. They can't do it for them, and you can't make them do it, willing to do it. But if they are, you help them. There are two problems we have in AA. One, people don't want to do it, and the people who want to do it have trouble finding someone who's done it. And we have all these different uh, ways of, quote, doing it, but the one that worked for me is this. Now, if you have a way that worked for you that isn't this, do it and teach it to somebody. But that's why I stay in the book. That's why when Curtis died, uh, God said to me, teach the book. Maybe somebody will want to do this, and by doing it, they don't have to die. And I hope it has helped somebody. We're going to be starting our 16th year in, what, a, two weeks, I think. Now, if you're seriously alcoholic as we were, And I wrote here somewhere, get a heart transplant. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff in here. And then this is the no third door, that there's no, no three, third door in AA. We believe there's no middle of the road solution. There's no half measure solution. There's no doing it partly your way, doing some of it. You get it? or going slow, or, or uh, you don't like step eight or nine. I'm going to skip those. You know, it's, it, we were in a if you're in a position where life was becoming impossible, and that was, my life was impossible, I had passed into a region from which there's no return through human aid. I was in the pit, and I was going to stay there forever. And I had only two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of my entire situation as best I could. And how do you do it? You keep drinking and using. And the other to accept spiritual help. So that's the solution. That's, that's, there is a solution. This whole um, ability to see the truth, to get, use these simple kits, to be rocketed in a new dimension of existence, to have this spiritual experience which changes your whole attitude towards life, fellows, and God's universe. The certainty that God has entered into your heart in ways which are indeed miraculous. He can do for me what I cannot do myself. If I have fear, I go to God, I say the prayer. If I'm judging or angry, I go to God, I say the prayer. If I'm going to make a decision, I go to God, make sure it's not self-centered, it's not going to harm me or someone else. And I have to understand there's no middle-of-the-road solution. And this is forever. I have to keep doing this. 
and I have to see that I'm, I'm beyond human aid, I'm in the pit. And I think that's when you become constitutionally capable of being honest with yourself. You can see I'm in the situation where I'm beyond human aid, my aid or anybody else's. And that's a gift, and some people never see it. They're beyond human aid, but I've got a plan. They tell you their plan. And so I, I don't want to go on to the end blotting out the intolerable consciousness, and I want to accept spiritual help. And it says, we did, we did because we honestly want to. You have to honestly want to do this. They say, remember, constitutionally honest with themselves. I need to do this. I need to continue to do this. Honest desire, willingness to come to work, and we're willing to make the effort. Now, you can think about it intellectually, but if you're not willing to make the effort, you're not going to do the effort. And so, um, um, this we're going to read next uh, Wednesday night about Roland Hazard and Dr. Young and where we got this spiritual solution from. And then we're going to read more about alcoholism in the next chapter. And now I want to go to the spiritual experience appendix at the back of the book. And there's, it's good. Has anybody read this before and like it? It's great, isn't it? All right. Nobody said anything quiet group today. The terms, but I know a lot of them have read it. The t am I talking loud enough? Because sometimes they say I mumble when I have the microphone. I don't want to talk too loud. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening, I think it was spiritual awakening in the original book and they changed it to spiritual experience. I don't know why. That's a you know group of people got together and decided are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, now Joe and Charlie make the point that alcoholics don't read anything carefully. We certainly don't read directions. I got a new remote for my TV because the other one's broke. So I'm getting it out, and you know, uh, I'm wondering if it's going to work, and this and that. And my wife said, you know, and I put the directions aside, you know, and I was going to go down there and turn it on and see if it worked. And my wife says, well, you know, you might want to take the directions with you. You get it? Uh, it did work, by the way. Which, upon careful reading, shows. And here's what we need the solution is a personality change, a whole change in my personality. Driving on the left hand side and not the right hand side sufficiently to bring about recovery from alcoholism. It doesn't say you have to get perfect, but you have to change your personality sufficiently to bring about recovery, and sufficiently means that I'm willing to do the work and I continue to do it. Because recovery is a continuous process, right? To stay recovered. I don't want to be in recovery, I want to be recovered, but to stay recovered, I have to be in fit spiritual condition. I have to keep doing it all the time. Has manifested itself among us in many forms. But here I wrote, must happen to recover. It has to happen. The only thing that keeps it from happening is you. And, and I didn't want it not to happen, so I was willing to go to any length. Now, I don't know if I'm willing to go to every length today, but I hope so. And in fact, I've changed my mind this morning about a few things that I'm going to tell uh, someone about after the meeting. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes 
And listen, when I change my mind, it's a big deal, right? I still haven't watched that show, uh, uh, Ryan, but you know, I'm thinking about it. It is true that our first pretty gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous, but at the end of the promises, it says, we suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And a speaker I really admire said, the spiritual experience can happen slowly or can happen quickly, but it's always suddenly. Suddenly you realize that God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. And when that happens, it's amazing. When I change my mind about something, when I stop and I don't say what I was going to say, which is a miracle. Because the nurses used to say filter doctor. And and because uh, they could see my, in my eyes, I was thinking of something. They said filter doctor, don't say it. And, and um, for me, that's a big deal. Remember, is it kind, necessary, or true? And if it's not, I shouldn't say it. And those are things that we just, we learn how to do because we feel better when we do it. God, God, God rewards us. And so in the first chapters, a, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it's not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness. So it can be slow, but here's the point that uh, it says uh, these. It says uh, these will materialize sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly. Well, what keeps you slow, slowly, slowly from realizing it? Not doing the work. Not doing the work. It the longer you take to do the work, the slower it's going to be. And then remember, you've got alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful competing. So that's why I try to get people into the action steps as quickly as possible because until they're doing the work, they don't have any defense. So how slow can you take it? I heard do the steps slowly. That makes no sense. Dr. Bob started the second day in the hospital. Had them get down on their knees and give themselves to God and then work the steps and continue to do it. And so we have a lot of things in AA that become sayings, you know, like don't have a relationship in the first year. Well, so on th day 366, I can have a relationship. You know, you can't chair a meeting at some groups until you have 90 days or six months. Well, Abby Thatcher was sober 60 days. Well, the point is we need a relationship from God right away, right? And so if we have the right relationship with God, then we can be right in our other relationships. Uh, many, they must acquire an immediate overwhelming God consciousness followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. And I don't know if it was, it wasn't immediate for me, but it was slow immediates. It was gradual, continual awakenings. And so when I look back, it says, wow, how did I get to here? What well, was a sudden and immediate changes and the changes keep going, right? Does that make sense? And it, they, it's still today. The more I do it, the, it's amazing how things, like I was talking about the Sermon on Mount, how many times have I studied it? 
and it was confusing. And, and I, this guy explained it so I could see it. I could see it. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are not by no means the rules. And now they talk about William Jaynes, who we're going to talk about in the rest of their solution. There's a little bit about him. He studied spiritual experiences in the early 1900s, and he was a really brilliant guy. And if you can read his book, let me know, because it was too complicated for me. He calls it the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. And I think what happens is you develop the, the certainty of your creator working in your life, and you keep gradually uh, getting more power from God. And it changes the way you see things. And then you say, wow, look what I just did. You know, you're driving, you're not upset by the driver. My wife was complaining that, uh, on the way to church, by the way, about the she won't listen to this, about the driver not going too fast around the curve. And, you know, why do they do that? And it's so annoying. And I, I wasn't thinking, I said, well, you know, annoyance is optional. She says, oh, I'm turning the car around. I'm not going to church. I said, well, uh, let's not be dramatic here. You get it? It's, yeah. Don't give spiritual advice to your spouses. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I'm, I'm having fun. Uh, quite often, the friends of the newcomer wear the difference long before he is himself. People can see the change. There's this thing, be the change and then people will see the change. And remember when it talks about working with the, the family, it says your actions will speak louder than words. And if they see the change in you, then they can, they can try to change themselves. They may not, that's not important, but you want to change. Quite often, he finally realizes he, he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life. And a change the way I react, and, it, and that's what page 84 and 85, the paragraph about the, about the uh, uh, being recovered, the recovered promises, they say these only work if you're in fit spiritual condition. And how we react. If I'm with God, I'm going to react differently than I'm with Michael. If I'm in Michael's world, I've reacted and I've reacted poorly. If I'm in God's world, I'll react differently. Which one works better? You see? And that's what we learn. I don't want to react in my world. I've got to get back to God. And remember, we're supposed to pause when agitated or doubtful and ask God for the right thought or access. So we're to pause before we react and get God. Don't we say the serenity prayer every meeting? Sir, give me the serenity, peace of mind, be with you, God, so when I have the wisdom to know how to react to this situation. Because I can't do it on my own. Uh, and it could not be, this, this change could not be brought about by myself. I wrote it, my reaction determines my action. My thinking determines what I do, right? And how I be determines how I think and how I do. And that's why they talk about being. Am I being God's character? With few exceptions, our members felt they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource. And that's true. 
I didn't suspect I had it. I thought I had to manage life successfully to be okay. Anybody else like that? And I believed in God, may have even prayed to God, but I ran the show, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than self. So God could be called an unsuspected inner resource that, that causes a profound change in my personality and outlook on life. Most of this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. I'm aware of God. They call it God consciousness. Now remember, uh, Chuck C. made that powerful statement. There's only one problem that we all have, conscious separation from God. And the solution is conscious contact, which is what I'm talking about. And it's God consciousness, this awareness that God's here, he's in my life, He's there for me. Michael, use him. God says, use me. And it's not that complicated once you start doing it. You're either conscious with God in the moment or you're not. Now, in the moment, if you're disturbed, you're not conscious with God. If you were, you wouldn't get disturbed. When somebody pisses you off, it's not because God said, get pissed off, Michael. No, it's because I'm not with God. If I'm with God, he says, Michael, they just are who they are. Pray, say the prayers, love, patience, and tolerance. How can I be helpful? God save me from being angry. You get it? Most emphatically, we wish to say that, one, any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems, so that's the first thing, in the light of our experience, can recover. So can you honestly face your problems? Are you capable of it? You're only capable of it if you're willing to see, be willingness to see. You see, if you're not willing, you're not capable. And how much willingness do you need? You need a lot. You need 100% willing. And you only become 100% willing when you see you're 100% powerless. So if you're only 95% powerless, you're only going to be 95% willing. It's like, okay. Let's, let's treat your breast cancer, but we don't want to kill all of it, you know. We'll kill 95% of it. Well, that's not going to work. Surgeon doesn't go in the brain and see a tumor and say, well, I'll leave a little bit behind. You know, I don't want to be dramatic. But you see, it won't work. Provided, so I'm, if I'm capable of honestly facing my problems, I can recover from their experience provided I do not close my mind to all spiritual conceptions, concepts. Do we have any closed-minded people ever in AA? Oh my, unbelievable. And was I closed-minded? Yes, about a lot of things I didn't realize. I was closed-minded because I had old ideas that told me what was right or wrong. And now I want to be wrong. And I don't want to be closed-minded about anything. And that's why I like to be wrong. He can only be defeated. So here's the only thing that can defeat me, an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. Intolerance of others, intolerance of the program, intolerance of God, belligerent denial of my, the truth about myself. Now, how do you undo that? You make a, a decision, step three, and you start the work of four and five. You see the truth about your thinking, you use the prayers, Stu told me I'm getting close to too much time. I'm going to stop. I have two, two more lines. Forgive me. We can go five minutes longer. You drank for more than an hour, didn't you? Uh, 
We find that no one need have difficulty, no one should have any difficulty with the spirituality of the program. What is required? Willingness, honest, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. Am I capable of being completely honest, completely willing, and completely open-minded? And I have to ask God to help me do that all the time. And I said in this room at a meeting years ago that um, the how of recovery, honesty, open-minded, and willingness. And I said, that's essential. And the guy sitting in the corner here who was an AA guru at the time uh, said, there's no how in AA. There's only who. And so I felt really bad because I want approval. And I didn't cry, but I felt like it. And I left the meeting. And then I went to another meeting, and they read how it works. I said, oh, well, well maybe I wasn't wrong. You get it? But we don't want it. So that's belligerent denial and intolerance. You didn't want to hear about how. Willingness, honest, and open-minded is essential. And I have to ask God for that all the time. How do you get willing, honest, and open-minded? You stay connected to your first step. Get it? But these are indispensable. And then there's this quote from Herbert Spencer that apparently wasn't from him, but uh, that's some of AA history. There's a principle, it doesn't matter who wrote it, there's a principle which is a bar against all information, which is a proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep me in everlasting ignorance. The principle is contempt prior investigation. Now, isn't that true? How many people do you try to work with who have contempt prior investigation? I had contempt prior investigation. We all did, and I don't want to have that anymore. So I wrote, let go of our old ideas. I want to have an attitude of tolerance and be open-minded. And I think this is great stuff. So I'm sorry I went a little long, but it's paragraphs that I need to remember all the time. So we can go a little bit longer with our discussion. Thank you.